Hi, welcome back to From Made Arbitration, and and you're supposed to be listening to John Poskin today, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, this is Monday. John gets on last night, and he does about an hour episode on transfers. Sounded perfect. Did a great job. Really informative. And uh, when I try to transfer it over to MP3, it vanished. I mean, it, it's gone. And so I called Mr. Cole Billups, who I call, and we looked through everything on my laptop trying to find that thing, and it has vanished. And so you're stuck with me today. I'm going to do a very quick episode. Um, but, John, I apologize. We're going to get him back on maybe Sunday, uh, just whenever he can. He's a very busy man. But I apologize to John for taking all that time out of his Sunday. Now, he's a letter carrier, too, an advocate from Region 3. So he works all day, and the only day he's got off is a Sunday. So he spent part of his Sunday talking to y'all about transfers, and I screwed that up. So it's out there floating around in space somewhere. But I'll get him back on uh, to do transfers. It was a very good episode. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I wish y'all could have heard it. It was good. Uh, also next week, JB's going to come on and he's going to do quarterly overtimes. Uh, like I said, transfers and quarterly overtimes are my two most talked about requested two most that I've sent things out about. Uh, I've done both of them in arbitration. We've been successful, but so we're going to get those done. I promise you uh, today I wasn't going to do one, but I had a conversation with a gentleman today. And I've been talking to him since September, and he won the hour office time. Uh, I've been talking with several people about this hour office time. Well, this gentleman grieved it and won it. And so I'm going to do one so that y'all can have this in y'all's hands. Uh, Jeremy McCall is going to put on from aid arbitration the case file, the B-team decision, and then I've got a site from arbitrator National Arbitrator Mittenthal. Those things will all be on from 8arbitration.com. So I, I, I suggest that y'all go on there, get those things, and grieve this hour office time, and let's beat it. Uh, this is the only individual that has reached out to me that has grieved it and won it. Y'all may have grieved it and won it where you're at, uh, but nobody has sent that to me. So this is the first one. And like I said, uh, he reached out to me in September and said that he had come up with uh, – an issue statement and some contentions sent them to me. I thought that they were great. And so we had been planning this for a while. He was planning it and then messaged me. His name is Richard Ray. And uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go over his contentions. I'm going to go over the B-team decision. I'm going to put in a national decision from arbitrator Mittenthal to help you all as far as timeliness arguments. And uh, so this is what we've been waiting on a decision about the hour office time. Uh, I talked about this several episodes ago about this hour office time. What do you do? And so kind of behind the scenes, we've been, um, been talking, but he had messaged me back in September. And I remember I messaged him back and this is what I said. I said, Hey, I like that. Uh, it's great how he is going. I liked how he was going with this thing. I said, I'd get the work hour workload reports for maybe two months for the station and uh, I'd look at the projected office times because what I 
wanted to look at on the work hour workload reports is it will have an actual office time if you look at it and a projected office time. So let's go back about two months and get these work hour workload reports and look, look at the projected office time. And let's see if they're an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours. And here management has all of a sudden come up and said, hey, look, from now on, you're out in an hour. You're gone in an hour. Well, my projected office time is an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes, two hours. So now you're telling me that my office time is going to be against what my workout workload report is showing, if that makes sense to y'all. I wanted to show in the workout workload report that my projected office time was greater than an hour, and here you've arbitrarily decided that no longer matters. You're going to be gone in an hour. And so we wanted to look at that. Uh, he's got those in there. And uh, I said, let's see what they are projecting and what they're enforcing. Uh, get statements from carriers that state how they feel intimidated and pushed. Ask management where they came up with this hour office time. Uh, like JB was talking to the postmaster, and she said that it was coming directly from the AVP, the area vice president, right? And so let's, let's see where it's coming from, because I want to talk to that individual. If it's coming from the area vice president, I'm going to put in a request for information to question the area vice president. And I'm going to say, under what handbook or manual or provision are you citing when you state an hour office time? Because I've got 33 minutes of fixed office time, 43 minutes with a break. Where are you coming up with this hour office time? What are you looking at? And if he says, I'm looking at this, I'm going to request that. Uh, because I will, I will follow you as, as long as I have to follow you through the grievance procedure with a request for information. I will go as far as I have to go to request information. So if the area vice president tells me, look, this is a survey that we did over several months, the hour, let me have that survey. I want it. And so we'll just continue to follow that trail. Uh, so I said, ask management where they came up with this hour office time. It definitely changes our work methods on Article 5. It looks great. So this guy, he does a fantastic job. And uh, he puts in his um, grievance, his contentions, and the B team resolves the grievance in our favor. And so uh, I'm going to read the contentions, and then I'm going to read the B team decision, and then National Arbitrary Menthol is just a snippet out of the decision that we're going to put up on that. That's going to help you with some timeliness issues. And I'll talk about that when I get to it. Okay, so it's going to be a very brief episode. But we finally got this uh, our office time defeated in this place. And so I wanted to give y'all access to that so y'all can copy and paste it and make it your own. Okay. And this is the, uh, the issue. Did management in New Dorp Station violate Articles 3, 5, 14, 15, and 19, and 34 of the 2019-2023 National Agreement by giving a blanket order for 60-minute office time? If so, what is the appropriate remedy? The union contends on August 29th of 2022, New Dorp management placed notice on the letter carrier's cases, item number 10, is instructing carriers that they have 60 minutes to case and pull down their routes. Management has given blanket orders by stating all carriers to be on the street within 60 minutes. 
Management is putting all routes and all individuals equal each day. And we all know that this is not true in any case. No carrier route is equal each day is different. <laughs> Management is pushing for the hour office rule in the morning. The union contends that management is trying to enforce the 60 minutes from some type of program that calculates a workload projection. This does not change the letter carrier's reporting requirements outlined in section 131.4 of handbook M41, the supervisor's scheduling responsibilities outlined in section 122 of handbook M39, or the letter carrier's and supervisor's responsibilities contained in section 28 of handbook M41. And I would take all of those and copy them and put them in your file. Because if you're going to cite section 131.4 of handbook M41, make sure you copy that and put it in your contentions. Because an arbitrator is not going to have any idea what 131.4 states. Uh, we do. The B team will. An arbitrator will have no idea. And so if you state uh, requirements outlined in section 131.4 of handbook M41 and you don't put it in there, an arbitrator is just going to be left guessing what that means or what it states. Okay, so anytime you cite a contractual provision, make sure we're copying that contractual provision and putting it in the case file. That way an advocate can say 131.4 of the M39, let's turn to page 67 of the case file. What are we looking at here? This is the language, 131.4 of the M39 handbook. This is the language directly out of the handbook M39. And the arbitrator, he's going to highlight on his little pad or in his recording or on his case file, he'll highlight that. And that way he'll know it's on this page. So if you're going to cite a provision, make sure you're copying that provision and putting it in your contentions in the case file. That way an arbitrator can read that and know exactly what it states. It goes on. Scheduling responsibilities outlined in section 122 of handbook M39 or the letter carriers and supervisors responsibilities contained in section 28 of handbook M41. So all those things will be copied and put in the case file. The union contends management putting undue stress on the workroom floor by trying to get carriers out in 60 minutes of casing time is creating a hostile work environment in violation of the Joint Statement on Violence Behavior in the Workplace. I like that contention. I just do. I think you can get enough statements where people can state, by them doing this new 60 minutes office time, it is putting stress on me because I have too much mail for that. I don't know what to do. And they're not giving us any exceptions. They're saying you got to be out in 60 minutes. So it's stressing me out on the workroom floor. Uh, that's a good contention right there that he made, that Mr. Ray made. It's a, good, it's a good contention. Management also violates Article 34 of the National Agreement by the use of this new method of determining carrier time in the office. That's a great contention right there. Because you've already stated an hour blanket policy, right? And so he just says management also violates Article 34 of the National Agreement by the use of this new method of determining carrier time in the office. Because that's exactly what you did. You stated no matter the volume, an hour. So you've determined a new method, a new office method for me. That's a great contention. He did a great job with that. Management unilaterally pursued a new work measurement standard in violation of Article 34 and Section 115 of the M39 the new earned leave time only takes into consideration the time needed for the carrier to case letters and flats 
into the case and pull the route down to determine the leaving time for the carrier. A great contention. This improper unilateral policy has no time included for any fixed office time, parcels or spurs, DPS check, vehicle check, AM break, personal time, or time for the myriad of other duties the letter carrier must perform each morning to properly service his or her bid assignment. I'm telling you, I would copy this word for word. I would just copy it. And y'all may have something else that you want to put in there, but this is good stuff right here. The union contends the use of this policy or instruction is both arbitrary and capricious. Management is attempting to instruct or order the least amount of time they can persuade or cajole or harass the carrier into using by instructing carriers on leaving time that is inaccurate, misleading, understated, and in violation of postal manuals. Remedy. Cease and desist. Withdraw the blanket instruction of letter carriers to only have 60 minutes office time. Sincerely, Richard Ray, Branch 99. That's very good stuff, right? That's a good contention right there. If I was to take that to arbitration, I'd feel very comfortable telling an arbitrator, look, you've come in with a 60-minute office time. He's put all of the right provisions of these handbooks and manuals in there to show an arbitrator, this is our daily work. We have, an, we have a, a fixed office time of 33 minutes. If we take a break, we have a fixed office time of 43 minutes. So what do we do? What's going on that, that other 15 or 17 minutes, right? And an arbitrator is going to look at that as what it is. He's going to say, like, that's kind of asinine. Uh, the work hour workload reports, because what the work hour workload report is going to do is going to show my volume. Uh, they're not exact, but... I'm going to guarantee you most of your projected office times on that work hour workload report are greater than an hour, probably greater than an hour and a half up to two hours. And so we can show, look, they're even telling us to do things against their own reports. And so he put in here management's response to the grievance, and this is management's response. This is a frivolous grievance that has no merit. Well, we might as well just pack it up then. I didn't know that when I, when I filed this thing, I had no idea it was frivolous. Have you ever heard that before? This is a frivolous grievance and has no merit. Well, damn, I was hoping that it would, but you're saying that it doesn't No, it's frivolous. Well, shit. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm sorry for wasting yours. Uh, you know, they're always going to say it's a frivolous grievance. Like I've stated a million times, they're irrelevant in these meetings. <laughs> They're a signature to me. That's all they are. They're completely irrelevant. Anything they say is irrelevant. I don't care. So when they say this is a frivolous grievance that has no merit, okay, that's fine. Put your position in your contentions and let's move on with it. Uh, the union does not have any contractual history on this or argument that warrants a cease and desist. And here's their basic argument, one I've talked about all the time. Article 3, management has the right to manage. And ELM 665.15, obey the instructions of your supervisors. Y'all remember when I stated that when I was talking about the hour office time? I was like, if you don't get out in an hour, what are they going to say? Failure to follow instructions. So what do we do? Uh, but back then, we had already had a couple of people that were going to pursue it. 
And Mr. Ray did and won. But they're going to say it's fate to follow instructions. And Article 3 gives me the right to do it. 99.9% of the time, they're going to say Article 3 gives me the right to do it. But as you go on down Article 3, like we've stated, when you go on down Article 3, it's going to tell you what? You still have to do your things within the, the confines of the handbooks and manuals. You can do whatever you want, but it has to make, you've got to make sure that it stays within the confines of handbooks and manuals, right? And then they go on. Management wants to get carriers out of the office within 60 minutes so they can be more productive. This is what they state now. Management wants to get carriers out of the office within 60 minutes so they can be more productive. We can save overtime and get the carriers off the road. I'm going to ask for the study that they did to prove that. I'm going to ask for that study. It's going to save overtime. It's going to increase productivity. I need to see what y'all did. That's what I'm talking about when you talk to the AVP. And he's like, well, you know, we looked at this. I need to see what you're looking at. You're pulling that out of your ass is what's going on. You're pulling those contentions out of your ass. So if you're going to say that it's going to increase productivity, let me see the data that proves that. Let me see the, the testing that you did to prove that. It's going to save an overtime. Let me see what you did. You just started it. So how do you know that? You can state, we're hoping that it increases productivity. You can say that we're hoping that it decreases overtime, but you cannot state it as fact that it does it because you've not done it before. Does that make sense? Management cannot state as fact that it's going to be it's going to increase productivity. Why? Cuz you just started it. They cannot state as fact that it's going to save overtime. Why? Because you just started it. You can say that we're doing this in an attempt to increase productivity or we're doing this in an attempt to decrease overtime usage. You can say that and then we'll go forward with that. But you cannot state it as fact that these things are going to be done because of productivity or to save overtime. You don't know that. I'm hoping that makes sense to you. In the document they enclose where we typed up some instructions on being productive, nowhere does it say carriers have to leave within 60 minutes, all caps, no exceptions. Again, this is a list of ways to be more productive, and I'm going to read the list to you. A list of ways to be more productive. The union argues it's a violation of carrier's office duties, but they are not specific as to what is violated. I think he was very specific, don't you? When he says section 131.4 of handbook M41, that's very specific. We even have a point something, 131.4. To me, there's no, no more specificity than that. If he says section 131 of handbook... Maybe you'd have that argument. But he says 131.4. It doesn't get more specific than that. Again, this grievance absolutely has no merit. They do not show what we violated. <laughs> and they make up the wording, no exceptions. They do not show what we violated. In arbitration, I would take them to that sentence and I'm going to say, what does it state right here on that third sentence? 131.4 of Handbook M41. Isn't that show you what you violated? What about the next one? 
The supervisor's scheduling responsibilities outlined in Section 122 of Handbook M39. Is that showing you what you violated? Yeah. How about this one? Are the letter carriers and supervisor's responsibilities contained in Section 28 of Handbook M41? Is that showing you what you violated? Yeah. Then what in the hell are you talking about? They did not show what we violated. What are you talking about? I'm going to say that couldn't have been more clear as far as what you violated. Uh, but that's for another day. <laughs> and then they got the morning instructions that were handed out. Now, here's their instructions to be more productive. Okay. Morning instructions for carriers. One, begin tour at case. Sweep all mail. When they call you to reg, get keys and check vehicles. Case flats first, cradling in your left arm. Letters are second. Tear down when supervisors instruct you that there is no more mail. You do not wait for a final on smalls. No walking off unless you need to use the bathroom or you are sweeping mail. That's like a prison. DPS does not go to your case. They go right to your vehicle. Third bundles are third bundles. Do not case them. Make sure you're on the street time loading in 60 minutes. Make sure you're in proper uniform from the minute you begin tour to the minute you end your tour. So those are the morning instructions for productivity. So making sure you're in your uniform is going to help with productivity, right? Checking your vehicle is going to help with productivity because we don't do that. Casing your flats, cradling them in your arm is going to help with productivity. So all the things that we're supposed to be doing anyway, they're saying, hey, we gave you these things to, to increase, increase productivity. Then he's got all the work hour workload reports in there. You can see those where they projected the office time. I hope I'm not going too fast for you. I, I just don't want to spend a whole lot of time reading this stuff. It'll be up for you, but I do want to go over you know portions of it. And here's the B-team decision, and this is, and on our side was Mr. Sean Killeen. I hope I'm saying that right, Sean. It looks like Killeen. It's K-I-L-L-E-E-N. And he's, he's very knowledgeable. I see him all the time on things. A very knowledgeable individual. So it's Sean Killeen. I hope I'm saying that right. But uh, he was on the B-team that issued this decision. And this is what it states. Did management violate, violate Articles 5 and 19 of the National Agreement and Section 222 of Handbook M39 by creating a blanket order telling carriers that they have to get out of the office within one hour? If so, what should the remedy be? Decision. The dispute resolution team has resolved this grievance. The grievance is deemed to have some merit. Upon the receipt of this decision, management will refrain from the practice of implementing locally developed policies that are not incorporated in postal handbooks and manuals. The DRT has determined that management will allow carriers to perform their work methods that have been established through all postal handbooks and manuals. Management will allow the carriers to sort and case their spurs in compliance with postal handbooks. Management will refrain from requiring letter carriers to perform tasks within a required specific time on a daily basis, regardless of the mail volume that the carriers have to sort and case. Bam. Right there. That's it. 
Management will refrain from requiring letter carriers to perform tasks within a required specific time on a daily basis, regardless of the mail volume that the carriers have to sort and case. That's the end game. It's over with. It's over with. Management will have a service talk alerting carriers to the retraction of the newly developed local policy. Beautiful. Get up there and tell us how wrong you were. The TRT has determined that the case file as presented fails to document exactly how management has created a hostile work environment at this station. And again, it may be easier to show that if management was attempting to issue discipline based off carriers not making the 60 minutes, or if they're behind you saying, hey, you got five minutes, get out of here. You got three minutes, get out of here. Um, it may have been a better case file for that contention if we had some actual you know, discipline come from it or some verbal altercations coming from it. But, hey, take a shot at it, you know. Take a swipe at it because you never know what an arbitrator will say. He may say, hey, you doing this. I've got 30 statements from carriers saying how they undo stress because of this newly implemented policy. Uh, so, yeah, you did make the carriers. You did violate the joint statement because what does it state? Attempting to make the numbers is never an excuse, right? To me, that's the ultimate in attempting to make the numbers is you've got 60 minutes to get out of the office or else. That is the ultimate in attempt to make the numbers. So could we say that that's a violation of the joint statement? If I've got enough carriers to say, hey, I'm under a lot of undue stress because of this. The joint statement talks about making the numbers is not an excuse, right? So... Hey, we took a swipe at it. We didn't get it on that one, but maybe if we get some discipline or something happened like that, maybe it'll reinforce that position a little bit more. But, you know, we took a swipe at it. We didn't get it, but we got what we ultimately wanted. Explanation. The DRT asserts this instant grievance is a contractual case and is therefore incumbent upon the union to supply the evidence that meets the burden of proof in order to sustain the grievance. Documentary evidence contained in a case file determines the outcome of a grievance. Union contentions. The union contends that management passed out a notice instructing carriers to be out of the office in an hour. The union contends this is a violation of office standards. The union contends that management has given a blanket order. The union contends that not all routes are designed equally. The union contends the policy puts undue stress on the carriers at the station. The union contends that management is a creating a hostile working environment. The union contends that management's policy dismisses all fixed office times and does not take into consideration the other duties a carrier performs every day. The union contends that management is attempting to instruct carriers into leaving times that are inaccurate. That's, that's beautiful. There. That's a good write-up there by our person. We talked about that from the very beginning when we talked about the one-hour office time. How is it possible with 33 minutes of office to fixed office time or 43 minutes of fixed office time, how is it possible to get out in an hour? I never understood that. Remember us talking about that so many episodes ago? It seems impossible for them to say you should be out an hour in an hour. And so, you know, this was written up perfectly. Then he got the requested remedy. Management's contentious. Management contends that this grievance is frivolous and that it has no merit. 
Management contends Article 3 gives them the right to manage and that the Employee and Labor Relations Manual, ELM 665.15, states that employees are to obey the instructions of your supervisors. Management states they are trying to save overtime and get carriers off the road. Management contends that the typed-up instructions do not say no exceptions. Management contends that this list of suggestions to be more productive. Management contends that the union did not say what was violated. The DRT notes, the DRT has reviewed all documentation and contentions provided within the case file prior to achieving a resolution to this grievance. The DRT notes that management contends that the pod does not say that there are no exceptions to this newly instituted work method instructions. However, the DRT notes the case file demonstrates the carriers at the New Dorp station have been given instructions to make sure you're on the street time loading in 60 minutes. And that is in violation of postal handbooks and manuals. Fantastic. The DRT notes in the provided policy notice, management has arbitrarily assigned specific times to the carrier's work performance. The DRT cites the relevant language from MOU M1769. Projections are not the sole determinant of a carrier's leaving or return time or daily workload. The use of any management-created system or tool that calculates a workload projection does not change the letter carrier's reporting requirements outlined in Section 131.4 of Handbook M41. The supervisor's scheduling responsibilities outlined in Section 122 of Handbook M39 or the letter carrier's and supervisor's responsibilities contained in Section 28 of Handbook M41. And those are things that were in the issue. So, M1769, we've also covered that at length in, in prior episodes, if you remember. The TRT further notes the policy changes how a letter carrier handles the casing spurs. The DRT agrees carriers should not be pulling down their routes before receiving their final smalls as the policy instructs. This is work that is office time and should be cased or trade according to the M39. The DRT asserts that management's opinion on a handbook provisions is not a reason to fail to comply with it. Management is required to follow all handbooks and manuals. And then they got the uh, M39-121 language in there. I'm going to copy and paste all of this if I'm you filing this grievance. They've not implemented this in my installation, so JB's not had an opportunity to attack it. Uh, because in my installation, they, they're not doing it. And so I'm having to rely on other people reaching out to me so that I can educate those across the country about the one-hour office time because we're not dealing with it here. Uh, we've not had to grieve it. So this is great that this came in. And then it's got um, JCAM pages 19.1 and 19.2. And so that B-team decision will be up there. Obviously, you cannot use that B-team decision unless it's from the installation that can't you um, – that it came from. Uh, so if it's not in your installation, you can't put this V-team decision in your contentions. But you can copy and paste some of the language and change it around to where it, you know, it looks like your contention. And that's what I would do. I'd copy and paste all of that and make that into my contentions if they're doing this one-hour office time. I want to beat that nationwide. I don't want anybody to to get over on us as far as the hour office time. I think it's completely absurd. 
And so there's your grievance right there that beat it, Mr. Ray. And then we had a great B team member, Mr. Colleen, uh, that uh, gave that decision. So if you're looking at fighting it, there you go. There's your contentions. Make sure you're putting that contractual language in there so that an arbitrator can read that. Um, get those work hour workload reports. I like that because what it's going to show us their projections. And I guarantee you that not one that if you go back two months, you're not going to have two months of everybody out in an hour. It's going to be all over the projected office time, not the actual, but the projected office time is going to be all over the place. And, um, and that's how I would attack it. Very good job by Mr. Ray. Very good job. If management says, hey, look, we've been doing this since September, and you're just now grieving it, it's untimely. Uh, you should have grieved that when we implemented it, when we put up the clocks, the one-hour clocks, when we put out this uh, pamphlet saying that we were doing an hour office time. Y'all already been doing it for three months and you're just now grieving it. I got a beat. I got a national arbitrator's decision for you. Okay. It's national arbitrator, Richard Mittenthal, and it's going to be up on the website as well. Okay. So copy that off and put it in your case file. That way your advocate can have it. And it's C number one, three, six, seven, one. C number 13671, and it's National Arbitrator Mittenthal, and it's from the award was back in 94. But it's Richard Mittenthal, and he talks about an ongoing violation. Because if management comes in and they say, hey, look, we've been doing this for four months. You're just now grieving it. Here's the decision you're going to want to put in there, okay? It's on page eight is where I'll start. Just a couple of paragraphs. Page 8. Discussion and findings. The Postal Service urges at the outset that these grievances were untimely filed. It stresses that a special postal bulletin was issued in July of 1976, spelling out the manner in which FLSA overtime for T-Cola recipients was to be calculated and noting the final step in this calculation was to multiply the regular rate by a factor of 50% overtime premium rate. And don't worry about any of this. I'm going to get to it in just a second, but this is kind of the, the, the time. It insists that NALC was thus placed on notice as to management's intended use of a factor of 0.5 rather than 1.5 and that no grievance was submitted protesting this calculation until September of 1981. So it started in July of 1976. The NALC grieved it in September of 1981, five years later, okay? It points to the terms of Article 15, Section 2, Step 1A of the National Agreement, which requires a grievance to be initiated within 14 days of the date on which the employee or the union first learned or maybe reasonably have been expected to have learned of its cause, so they're using that language against us out of Article 15. It alleges that because more than four years passed between the announcement in the special postal bulletin and the submission of the instant grievances, the arbitrator should dismiss the complaint in this case as being untimely. This argument is not persuasive. Assume for the moment, consistent with the federal court rulings, that the Postal Service incorrectly calculated FLSA overtime for T-Cola recipients under the ELM, 
Each such error would have been a separate and distinct violation. We are not dealing here with a single isolated occurrence. Management was involved in a continuing violation of the ELM. The affected employees, or NALC, could properly have grieved the violation on any day the miscalculation took place, and such grievance would be timely provided it was submitted within the 14-day time limit set forth in Article 15. This is precisely the kind of case where a continuing violation theory seems applicable. To rule otherwise would allow an improper pay practice to be frozen forever into the elm by the mere failure of some employee initially to challenge that practice within the relevant 14-day period. That's exactly what we're going to talk about in arbitration. That's exactly what I'm going to tell an arbitrator. Look, if I'm looking at my bank account and I see that about every Monday there's $20 taken out and, and I'm not doing it. And this goes on several months and I'm like, damn it still, what is going on with my bank account? $20 is being taken out every Monday and, and I'm not doing it. So I go to the bank and I go up to the bank manager. And I said, I need you to check on this. Uh, $20 for some reason is being taken out of my bank account and I'm not doing it. They do some investigation and they say, sir, we have a teller here that's been taking that $20 out and pocketing it every Monday. Take them to court. And the judge says, well, how long have you known about it? Well, it's been going on for about three months. And you're just now bringing this to, to trial? Well, yeah. Well, you should have brought it to trial three months ago. So we're not going to do anything about it. Matter of fact, we're going to continue to let the take that $20 out of your bank account since you initially didn't bring that forward to us. That's exactly what's happening with the case in front of you today. Management has been violating the contract daily since the implementation of the one-hour office time. It's a clear violation. And to say you did not bring it forward back when they implemented it. So every single day they violated it, we can no longer bring that to, to hearing. We can no longer grieve that violation because we failed to grieve it back in September. So they can continuously violate the contract every single day, and the union has no recourse. It's absurd. That Menthol decision talks about the very thing. It's no difference than me going to trial and saying, the bank has been stealing $20 from me for three months. Well, you should have raised this three months ago. So since you didn't, we're not going to do anything to them. And a matter of fact, they're going to continue to be able to take the $20. That's exactly what's happening here. If management states, it's untimely. So we can continue to violate the contract because it was untimely filed, if that makes sense. Right? Every day that you come in and they're holding you to an hour, it's a violation of the contract. Every single day. You've got the grievance there that you're going to write up. you got a B-team decision. You can copy and paste some things out of that. If they talk about it, it's untimely, get that Richard Menthol decision, page 8 and 9. Put that in your file, and that way an advocate can show that to an arbitrator and say, look, it doesn't apply here. Because every day they do it is a violation of the, of the national agreement. Every day they do it is a violation of those contractual provisions. Okay?
I hope that made sense to you, the timeliness. But th- that's exactly how I'm going to argue it to an, argue it to an arbitrator. All right. So we finally got us an hour office time defeated. Mr. Ray did it. Great job of Mr. Colleen. And so there you have it. Get on from aidarbitration.com. Jeremy's already put it up there. And and there you have it. I've been waiting on that. <laughs> I've been waiting on one. Give me one. And I can tell my people about it and they can start fighting this thing nationwide. So again, Mr. Poskin, I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> Wasted your night is an hour of, of beauty, but I lost it. So I will get him back on. Uh, to do the transfers, very important, very good episode. I listened to it right before it got deleted. And so JB's going to come in next Monday, and he's going to do quarterly overtime. He's ready for that, been practicing up on that. So with that being said, another short episode for you, but I wanted to get that out there. Uh, he can't, He sent that to me today. Like I said, we've been talking since September, waiting on this to come back. We got us one. There you have it. So attack it, the hour office time. Let's get rid of that shit, all right? Y'all have a fantastic rest of the week. Uh, This is Monday night from aidarbitration.com. Get on there. Get that stuff off of there. The Facebook page, get on there and talk to Miss Lindsay. She does a fantastic job there. Discord, a lot of great stuff going on there. I think I saw Mr. Renfro on there again the other night, uh, talking it up with the people on there. Uh, Good group on there. Good group of people on Discord. They're talking at all hours, man, of contractual things, cutting up. It's a good group. Uh, Reddit, another great thing, Reddit. That guy does a fantastic job with Reddit. Jeremy McCall does YouTube from 8 Arbitration YouTube channel. Uh, he's on there. I think it's his son-in-law that's on there with him. Uh, they do a fantastic job. Jerry's very bright. Jeremy's a very bright guy. So get on there. Listen to that. A lot of you do. A lot of you reach out to me saying they appreciate that YouTube channel. So he's doing well there. Uh, you got Twitter, Instagram. Get on there. Lindsay's heading those up. So a great, a great thing going on from Aid Arbitration. Uh, I would never thought that it would be this way. You know, I figured, like I said, I'll be on here about a year, get all my stuff done, and see y'all later. But we're still plugging along at it, and. um Last week, my State of Our Union was received pretty well. <laughs> got to, it piqued some interest on some people. And uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, I love each and every one of you, man. The only reason I do this is for the letter carrier. And that's it. <laughs> the only reason I do it is for city letter carriers. I don't do it for anything else. I don't get paid to do this. Uh, so the only reason I do it is for my people. And I wanted to get you educated and uh, start winning some grievances. And you are winning grievances. Uh, Y'all are sending me a lot of things that you're grieving and winning. A lot of great contentions. Fantastic decisions. I had a young lady call me the other day in tears. Uh, She had uh, been working on this removal. And it was a very difficult removal. Very difficult. It was attendance related. I hate those things. Arbitrators are... They're, they destroy us on attendance-related discipline. And she had been talking to me about it. I had just told her a few things, but she did the legwork on it, on this attendance-related discipline. She was stressed out about it. I was stressed out about it. And uh, she calls me the other day in tears. She sent it to me by email, and she won this thing. And, uh, man, just seeing 
hearing that joy in her voice to, to the point of tears now, just hearing that exuberation in her voice is what it's all about. That's what, like I said, I didn't do nothing for her. Gave her a couple of tips, a couple of hints, <laughs> what to look for, but she did all the legwork, and it's 100% on her. And so congratulations to that young lady. I know how it feels. I've been on both sides of that, though. But a lot of great wins coming back. Y'all are doing a fantastic job. I know that, like on my State of the Union address, I get doom and gloom, but I want to see my union do more and do better. I don't think that that's too much to ask. I want to see them do more and do better. And so, yeah, I get on them a little bit. But, hey, I am the union, right? I work for the NLC when I'm doing arbitrations, when I'm outside Stewart, outside Formal A, when I do those things. So I can complain, you know, but I want to see them do more. But as far as y'all on the ground floor, shop stewards, you're doing a fantastic job of representing your people. You know, we got a few bad eggs. We'll deal with them. But for the most part, a lot of victories coming in. I wish I could see them. It would lift your spirits, I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, I go skipping down my route, man, when I get to talk to some of you people. You send me your victories, the things that have gone on. Great stuff, man, great stuff. So y'all keep fighting. Keep plugging along, man. We're going to get ourselves educated. We're going to be an entirely different union at the end of it all, an entirely different union. I guarantee it, all right? Y'all have a fantastic rest of the week, and I'll talk to y'all when I'm on with Mr. Poskin, whenever that is, and then with JB on next Monday, all right? So y'all be safe out there. Uh, a lot of long hours. Y'all be careful. Be careful. A lot of mail rolling in, a lot of packages. I got home late tonight, uh, so it's, it's started. Y'all be careful, please. Take care of yourself. And I'll talk to y'all later, all right? Bye.